Hey everybody, John here with a quick update for you. This is part two of the uh, series that we started up last week, Can I Be Angry at God? This is the rest of that conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. It was a great discussion. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. have to be careful how I say this, but we ultimately are looking for specific moments in people's lives where they can identify this, this, or this happened. Mm-hmm. For some people, we call it a thematic lie. It is the pick any day. And so there's times where people people just say, "I it was any day. I'm like, okay, picture yourself there. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how somebody might say, well, school was horrible, especially third grade. And there's there's nothing concrete, but as they take their time, I can't tell you how often this happens. Mary, you can probably agree with this too. As they sit there and you, you give them a beat or two, they're like, well, there was this one day. Right. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. amazing how often that happens. And then we mm-hmm. get into specific places mm-hmm. and then the Lord does what he does. And then it starts to uh, shift the way people feel. Yeah. It really isn't our job to agree with them or not agree with them or to try to keep them under control mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're in a session, you know, or to analyze why they're thinking what they're thinking or really like Steve said, our, our, our main role is to help them be real and to connect with the emotions that are there and, and to be a safe place for them to actually be willing to acknowledge what happened that caused them to feel these things and to get to the underlying beliefs that are there. You know, it's, I, I've had some, like, I'll, I'll tell you this one funny story about this. I had a lady who actually was a counselor who was, um, had brought one of her, I guess she call them patients, whatever she called them, brought them to me because we're all believers. And she, she knew that I was helping people get free of stuff and she wanted to watch what I did. And so we got to know each other a little bit. She ended up having a session with me and it was at the church and we were in one of the church offices because they, at that point, didn't have an actual office for me to be in. So they just found a place that was open and stuck us in there. And she went to this memory of her mother and it's kind of vague now what happened, but she was she had so much anger toward her mother that she never was allowed to to express and had never actually identified and and was open with in her life she was so codependent that most of her life she tried to pretend like her mom was wonderful and she would never do anything to upset her but in this session she identified how she really felt and she was so angry, she started screaming in the session and using a lot of foul language. (laughs) And I'm I'm sitting here and there's people in the offices next to us at the church. And she's just, you know, I had told her, whatever you need to feel, it's okay to let yourself feel. And so she did. And she kind of, it's like, you know, Steve, it's like a bell curve. You start feeling it and then you, you let yourself feel a as much of it as you are willing to, or you want to. 
And then it kind of tapers off as you've released it. And then we help the person identify, okay, so in all of that, what you were feeling, what are you believing there? We help them identify what what are the core beliefs that need to be addressed. So the emotion, you know, leads us to those places where those core beliefs are. So it's not a scary thing, you know, emotions are pretty scary, I think, for a lot of people, because they don't know what to do when a friend or someone they're with starts expressing emotion, negative emotions, you know, so I love that we can be that safe place where there's no judgment and the person, it's it's their journey. They can feel what they want to feel. And we just continue to ask the appropriate questions to keep them on track. To answer your question, John, about how do you keep them focused? We, we know what they need to identify. We know, you know that the lie-based thinking is at the root of it. And so we're, we always have our eye on that going in that direction. But how much emotion comes out along the way? you know, varies widely. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Right on. And that's exactly what I was looking for, you know, because I think, you know, better it comes from you guys and is articulate and well thought out versus (laughs) me stumbling my way through it. But, um, the, that's really something that was really, uh, important for me dealing with some of my Mm -hmm. stuff was knowing that I have a space where like there can be kind of an emotional, like pressure release, and that it's not going to scare away the people that are helping me through this. Like, you know, you guys, the, uh, the, I forget what the term would be, instructors, like the guides. <laughs> but, um, you know, because it's so prevalent, the belief, like, I can't, if I, if I scream, like, you know, like this lady that you helped, Mary, like, mm-hmm. uh, this lady felt free enough to get angry and to scream and curse and say what need, she felt like she needed to say to just get that off her chest. And after that was done, Mary was right there. And she said, okay, now let's, let's take a look at this thing. Let's, let's analyze this now that you got that out of you. Mm-hmm. I think that that's super important that there is that space. And it kind of goes back to what Steve was saying of like, uh, this is an oasis. This is where you're kind of allowed to think and feel what you think and feel. We're going to analyze it. We're going to look at it, but it's okay for you to express where you're at and then work from there. You don't have to be good first in order to become good, quote unquote, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Love all that. Guys. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how it would come across on a business card, but I think Mary and I view ourselves as fellow travelers. Fellow travelers. Fellow travelers. It's, it's a lot less clinical. I, you know, yeah yeah we're kind of facilitators there's some people who do our work that are saying uh, mentee and mentor as far as recipient eh, i don't know i don't know if i like that either but we've walked down the road our own path Mm -hmm. and we've received freedom and we're still on that path as well but that's Mm -hmm. just the term that popped into my mind we are fellow fellow travelers right we're Mm -hmm. on all on this journey together toward wholeness in jesus Mm -hmm. i think the more that people understand that their disappointment with where they're at, whether it's anger with God or the struggles in their life, that there's hope because if, if their disappointment is not addressed as John Eldridge says, and probably others, but in his most recent book, resilient, he said, disappointment leads to disillusionment. Mm -hmm. Right. And disillusionment leads to really bad things after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of, you know, in church where we 
we have everybody stand up who's got this thing, you know, and then we pray over them. I don't know if that's ever happened in a church you've been in, but it hasn't in churches I've been in. And then you pray over that thing. And then, you know, there are people who will not get their issue resolved. And so what do they do with that? They either start believing that God doesn't care about me, or they start believing that God can't do it. He's not big enough, right? That disappointment leads to disillusionment. And if you don't address, okay, let's take that to God. Feel how that feels that that didn't happen for you. And see, is is that a familiar feeling in your life? For most of us, yes. How many times have we been disappointed? How many times did we pray and the thing that we wanted as a little kid didn't happen? And there's anger there toward God that we've never really recognized. You know, it's so important to not let those moments become just another day, you know, and and accept that disappointment when God has an answer for us. He has what we need at the root of that to give us peace about it, even if the event that we wanted didn't happen. I'm thinking of something that I'm sure you've seen this too, Steve, how amazing it is that people who don't know God as a child, when they go to childhood memories, which most people end up in when they have anger, they go to those memories and and they'll say, I'm really, really angry here for whatever the reason is. And little kids get angry about all kinds of things because in their perceptions, things are unfair and wrong and, and hurtful. And, and a lot of that really could be true. But I'm amazed that when I say, as you feel that, who do you feel angry at? That people will say, ultimately, even though I didn't even know him, I feel like I'm angry at God. Have you had that happen? They didn't even know him. They didn't, at at least at a conscious level, know him. And yet he's the one they pin the blame on as a little kid. And so I tell him, it doesn't matter if you didn't know him, just acknowledge that anger toward him. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what are you believing about him there? You know, and we just go forward with the process. Have you had that experience? Sure. Yeah. You just go with it. I don't know how, mm-hmm. the, yeah, like how the adult mind mixes with the child mm-hmm. mind, but yeah, you just go with it. And right. sometimes you get to a place where it's okay. State your case, mm-hmm. however angry you are with God, whether it's out loud or inside, whatever's best for you, just lay it out. But the deal here is then it, then after you do that, it's your turn to sit and listen, look, mm-hmm. observe to see what happens after that. That's the deal. And boy, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would say 90% of the time, there's some really profound things that happen. Some people are just stay stuck there for a while. They have to address some other things mm-hmm. quite often. It's, it's opening what happens. Mm-hmm. I remember maybe it was you, or maybe it was Ed Smith that I heard the phrase initially was, are you willing to get into the arena with him right there? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to get in the ring with God, with what you're feeling, you know, and, and in their mind, seeing what that would actually look like, you know, to stand before him and to have it out with him. It's so important. It's so important. It's a part of our relationship with him that's been so ignored, right? 
because we just don't as a church and as a people of believers, we don't encourage people to do that, but we really should. If we have something against him, we really need to get honest with it, get in the ring with him, tell him how we feel, acknowledge what's going on, and then allow him, like you said, Steve, allow him to respond in whatever way he, he knows, he knows and what our hearts need in that moment. And he has it for us. So I've always been amazed, even in my own journey at the things, especially early on, you know, all the foundational things like, why did you put me in this family? Why did you make me a girl? You know, (laughs) just those things, how, when I got my anger out toward God, this beautiful revelation came from him about me and about him and about purpose and just so shifted everything in my heart that mm-hmm. I was feeling and just made it all okay. And it just, it leads you into a deeper and more authentic walk. Definitely. And, and <clears throat> I think as long as I've been a Christ follower, I've, I've heard about the fruit of the spirit. And I think, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people will recognize this. Um, what people end up doing is they make it a checklist of this fruit of my life. Am I love? Am I, am I producing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness? And, you know, the whole list of those nine things. And so we try to do those things in mm-hmm. and of our own strength. We spiritualize it. We, we perform it, but that fruit <clears throat> it's, like it takes me back to the seventies growing up and the plastic mm. fruit that was in our living room <laughs> with the fuzz on it. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yours was even more like authentic. the peaches. They had some, fuzz. Oh, oh, real. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I was thinking, no, that's just dust, but no, the peaches had that, that little, Oh, wow. Yeah, they did. Um, Much like, the, much like faking the fruits of the spirit the goal is to look as real as possible (laughs) right but that's i'm not interested in plastic fruit exactly no we're looking for that authentic love and joy and peace that only he can produce where we find ourselves filled with more Mm -hmm. love and more joy and more peace Mm -hmm. we find ourselves kinder because of the work he's done in us Mm -hmm. i mean they are his fruits Mm-hmm. Right, they're the fruits yeah. of the spirit. <laughs> right. Well, the big Not one, is my self- fruit. Yeah, the big one people talk about is self-control. They're going to discipline oh. themselves into being mm-hmm. self-controlled. Mm-hmm. It's like any lost person can do that. Yeah. Right. Lost people try to be self-controlled. Yeah. And discipline. What's the difference? What's the difference between a lost person working on self-control and a Christian mm-hmm. who's just trying to sprinkle a little Jesus on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wears you out either way. Yeah. I remember my my um daughter's boyfriend, this is seven or eight years ago. We were sitting in our living room talking, and I remember him saying, Wow, you know, my aunt, I could never say these things in front of her because all several things I just said, if I had said any of those things, it would have been a blow up. He said, It's amazing to me that you just you just go, uh-huh, wow. And we talk about it and you don't get upset. And I didn't even think about it. I never even thought about getting upset. It never even occurred to me that I should be upset about, because of course we shouldn't be. 
but his experience had been with a person who had a lot of landmines, wrong thinking, so they would get upset over certain statements. And it never even occurred to me that I should act that way, right? Mm. That That's what it looks like when the fruits of the Spirit just flow out of you. Mm-hmm. It's There's no effort in it. You're not trying to do it. It just is the way you respond. And it's so much easier, <laughs> you know, and it's very authentic, right? Because people can taste the plastic fruit. They can really tell when you're working. Wow, at yeah, it. so true. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> the but irony, God's fruit, oof, it's, yeah, it's really the good. irony is God's fruit lasts as long or longer than plastic fruit. <laughs> 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 Which is impressive. That's so That's good. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want genuine fruit that lasts as long as plastic. <laughs> or Does not kill me. That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, and I love like just kind of jumping back to the whole like being honest and like about where we are at, what we're feeling with God. Like if you ever look at relationship advice it's never just give it up or pretend it's not there it's you need to talk this out with your spouse if there is an issue you know you need to talk this out with your significant other and figure out and come to an understanding so like you know it's a relationship with god that's what christianity is you know a relationship with your father in heaven so if there's an issue it shouldn't be i'm just gonna not think about it it should be i'm gonna go to him with this because this is a serious I have a lot of emotions here and he can understand that, but I need to come to him and say these things. So, yeah. yeah. It makes me think of um, when you say that, John, that sometimes people are reluctant to feel the anger toward God when they'll hit upon a memory and, and they'll say, I'm really, I'm just really angry here. And we ask him, okay, as you focus on that, who does that feel f- focused on? They hesitate sometimes to say God and they'll say, well, my mom or my dad or me or something. When as you continue in the process, it's uncovered that really God is the one they're mad at because people have beliefs like if I'm mad at God, then um, I'm a disappointment to him or it proves to him that I'm not worthy or, you know. I'm a bad person if I'm mad at God, even thoughts and beliefs about God that he'll be angry at me if I tell him how I really feel, you know, wrong perceptions of God that keep us hiding our anger toward him. All of those things in a relationship would just be killers. And it's the same with God. You know, we need to learn his character or actually experience his character. And so come before him and say, I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid you're going to be mad if I let you see this. And then let him respond because, man, you learn who he really is in those moments when he brings his true perspective. Oh, my gosh, how freeing that is for people when they go, wow, I told him everything I had. I mean, I let him have it and he didn't get mad at me and he didn't reject me and he's not like my dad or he's not whatever they actually experience the true nature and character of God and, and how kind and how merciful he is. I've, I've never seen him that I can recall in this moment ever get angry with a person, get upset with them, get judgmental toward them. 
I've never seen that. That isn't who he is. And that isn't how he responds. It's not to say that he doesn't have those emotions because we know that he does. But I'm saying in a ministry session, when a person brings their heart to him and their brokenness and their anger toward him, they're never going to get anger back from him or judgment or rejection. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because that that is important for people to think or to to acknowledge that God isn't going to be mad at you. He isn't going to be disappointed in you if you are honest with him, because the truth is he already knows all that, right? <laughs> it's not like we're hiding. Yeah, you're not shocking him. him. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. right. Well, and like, that was something, this is something that resonates deeply for me, because like when I was really just angry at the Christian faith and angry at a bunch of things that I didn't have resolved, I would go to certain people in my life and it was kind of the church thing. It was like, you can't be mad. You can't have these thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, like God will judge you because of these thoughts. He will, he will mm-hmm. uh, straighten you out. Boy is what I was told by one person. Yeah. Wow. Did wonders for me during that time. Um, <clears throat> but no, the three, the people <laughs> who like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen, yes. <laughs> the people who, um, honestly kept me in the faith kept me from walking away were the ones where i just let out all the vitriol all like the the anger the rage and the hurt that i was feeling and they were just loving you know Mm -hmm. they were just christ to me and they just Mm -hmm. heard me out and they were like cool cool you're allowed to feel those things and i'm gonna pray for you and i was like Mm -hmm. all right cool so i like i even in my logical like jaded mind i couldn't get around the fact that they were showing me christ's love and so I could never really walk away from the faith because of those people. So, right. It might not have fully resolved things, but it kept you hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me so that it like, shred right? of hope to hold on to yeah. until I got to a better place. Cause I could never, no matter how much I argued and I argued in my mind a lot about it, I could never say like, so-and-so is also fake. Well, no, they're not. You, you let out all sorts of horrible things and they just loved on you, Yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I tried for weeks to get around that, but I couldn't, you know? So like, yeah, it was really good. So I'm glad that we can provide that space to the people who come to our sessions, you know, and that kind of safety and to allow God to be God, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think as we kind of pull this thing together, if somebody's angry with God or angry with somebody else, the, the key isn't just getting rid of your anger. Uh, there's, it has to be, uh, be understood in context, but there are certain times in a session where I might say, take a look around and see what needs to happen for you to be free. Okay. Mm-hmm. The very, it can be a very specific thing, but the principle is there. And so, uh, recently somebody said, well, I just need to forgive so-and-so like, that's what God's telling me. I'm like, no, that, that's not God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's your religiosity <laughs> speaking because you think that's the answer. Right. It's not about forgiveness first, okay? It's about what's keeping you from being able to freely forgive, whether it's toward God or somebody else. It's about the messed up thinking that's inside that's producing these vulnerable emotions that's causing you to feel angry. So the more we deal with those false twisted beliefs where you get free, the emotions change, and then you can let go of the anger. So yeah, God's not like, oh, I just can't wait until John uh, gets rid of the anger toward me. None of us can have to forgive God because that's kind of silly. We haven't even touched on that, but God's right. more interested in your mind being renewed, your heart then being aligned, and then that anger just fading away because you don't need it anymore. That Because he's after our hearts and our minds to be aligned with his. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Great wrap up. 
Great wrap up. Good talk, guys. This is really cool. I'm glad <laughs> glad we could talk about this, you know, and kind of dispel some of the the myths around mm-hmm. addressing anger. Yeah. Any uh, any other final thoughts? Otherwise, we'll wrap her here. I like how that came together. I like yeah. it too. Mm-hmm. All right, on. We'll we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here then. Thanks again, Steve and Mary, for joining and talking about this really cool, uh, like this tough issue. But I'm glad that we're addressing it. I'm glad that we're dismissing some or uh, wow, busting. That's it. Some of these myths uh, about, you know, how we deal with anger and how God wants us to deal with anger. And uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about what we do at Cross Council, check out our website at crosscouncil.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Sounds good, Adam. Adam. One of the Mythbusters. Oh. (laughs) I reject your reality and substitute my own. (laughs) I I love Mythbusters. trying to stay culturally relevant like you were. (laughs) I'm a show that hasn't been on for five years. Yeah, you know, you know. (laughs) It's in repeats. Whatever. It's an occasion. Goodbye, everybody. All right. See ya. Bye. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place, and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.